Howdy folks, welcome to Michael Perry's voicemail, episode number 35. Out my window from the little room over the garage this morning, the sun is bright and beautiful, the temperatures are warming, and we've come out of this stretch of extended sub-zero days, and now tonight my daughter's ski race has been canceled due to the potential for rain. I thought I'd read a light piece today, um... This is from the book The Jesus Cow, and of course The Jesus Cow is a novel, it's fiction, but as one does, one draws on one's own personal experience. And the main character is this bachelor, and in this scene he's about to go on a date with a woman he's never met, and she set up the date and they're going to a fancy art gallery. And I wrote this piece thinking about my ambivalent relationship with the world of arts and literature, and even the world of academia, that those worlds have been so good to me, and they opened up whole new vistas of possibility and potential and beauty, and I'm ever so grateful that I get to circulate through them. But I also have never lost that whole imposter syndrome feeling that I am really just a a knucklehead from Chippewa Wisconsin, who grew up cleaning calf pens. And so I would say that my relationship with the art and literature and academic world is ambivalent because there's plenty of times when I don't feel like I belong. There's plenty of times when I'm made very, very welcome despite my lack of credentials, and I don't overlook that. But there's also a lot of times when I I just don't know the rules, so you don't really know what to do or how to act. And when I wrote this scene, I I had that feeling in mind. So this is, he's getting dressed, getting ready to go on this date, and he's got to wear some khakis, and he only has one pair, and they were buried under his dirty clothes in the corner. Taking the khakis by the waistband, he held them up. As his friend Billy had so kindly reminded him, he had worn them on his infamous last date, a trip to the opening reception of an art show at a Clearwater gallery owned by friends of his algorithmically selected date. So I'm remembering as I read this to you now, this is actually him. He's not getting ready to go on the date. He's reflecting on the date and deciding what to do with the khakis. The frontal pleats of the pants were marked with a dark maroon stain. Harvey studied the stain and recalled its source specifically a cheapish vintage of plonk, which he slopped while choking on the inhaled fleck of a cocktail cracker upon which he had unsuccessfully attempted to balance a dot of dilled brie. As he coughed the crumb and slopped his wine, the brie bounced off his pastel polo shirt, clinging just long enough to impart a grease print, then fell to the blonde hardwood of the art gallery floor. In a spastic attempt to catch the cheese while one-handing the wine glass, Harley fatally head-butted a mixed-media sculpture titled Transitions, The Meadowlark Weeps, whilst backsplashing the remaining wine into the face of the woman who had dressed him in the polo and khakis and dragged him to the gallery in the first place. Harley had been compelled to purchase the fractured sculpture by the gallery staff who comported themselves as if he had farted at a funeral. He was carrying nowhere near sufficient cash to match the price tastefully penciled in the lower right corner of the display. 
He noted the absence of a dollar sign, a bit of cosmetic censorship meant to ease the sketchy transition from art to commerce. So although it felt like the least artistic sort of thing to do, he put the whole works on his Swivel County Credit Union debit card. There was a moment of discomfort when his available funds came up 20 bucks short, but after a hushed consultation between the cashier and the gallery owner that included worried glances at both Harley and the maimed art, it was agreed that everyone could be happy with what the Swivel County Credit Union would provide, and Harley was rung up. On the way home, the remains of Transitions, the Meadowlark Weeps, rode on the pickup truck seat between Harley and his date. Everyone in the cab felt the metaphor spoke for itself, and thus it was a silent passage. There had been no more dates. Impulsively, Harley gathered the polo shirt and khakis into his arms, walked downstairs and out the door, then around behind the garage and stuffed the shirt and pants into his burn barrel. Dressing the clothes with a drizzle of used motor oil, he lit and dropped a match, enjoying the soft woof of ignition and the belly dance waver of the flames taking hold. Sadly, after the motor oil was consumed, the fabric settled to a smolder, so Harley went into the garage, retrieved transitions, the meadowlark weeps, and tossed it in. Constructed from renewably resourced balsa wood, indigenously masticated hemp fibers, and locally sourced llama yarn, all united with slatherings of volatile bonding agents purchased on sale at Home Depot, it took with an aggressive crackle, and shortly he had to move back three feet to alleviate the heat on his cheeks. As the initial flare of flame settled into a steady burn, Harley took up an old hay fork and poked at the contents of the barrel. He felt oddly at peace, as if some invisible wall had been breached. The fork was missing one of its three tines, and Harley kept it out here for this very purpose. The truth is that a burn barrel fire needs no tending, but Harley found it a soothing mental exercise, even in untroubled times. Tonight, as he poked and prodded, nudging bits of khaki and tempura-soaked lath toward the flames, he felt, as he always did, that relieving sense of finality when trash is reduced to ash. I got no more business wearing clothes like that, Harley thought to himself as the pastel collar blackened, than I do being with a woman like that. So my roughneck reflection is a reflection on the way I introduced this piece, which is you're never going to find a guy who feels more fortunate, grateful, or lucky to be part of the, the worlds that he gets to travel through. I just, you know, to be able to be in the presence of dancers and intellectuals, um, visual artists, singers, performers of all sorts, people who are thoughtful and reflective and, and, and who do science and combine that science with art. It's just a profound, profound privilege. And yet there are so many times when I just default back to being that kid throwing cow poop into a nurse breader. And those experiences, those root base experiences are the ones that always keep me just a little bit skeptical of anything that's too perfect or precious. And I hope it's just ballast and not a reverse form of conceit. I hope that it just keeps me grounded, but still allows me to enjoy those other beautiful worlds. So that's my roughneck reflection in uh, swingaroundsneezingcow.com if you, if you wish and get the chance. 
Otherwise, just thanks for, for listening to the voicemails, and I'll keep cranking them out. Until then, I would just say, well, I suppose, forward. <laughs>